Hey you guys, my name is Betty and I pray that all is well with you. In today's video, we're just going to have a quick chat, some things that I am learning, especially since I've been in therapy, but also since I have fully surrendered to God. And what I'm talking about are the surrendering the areas that I had not realized that I was still tussling with God about. So we're going to talk about that today and prayerfully you will find yourself in these words or in this encouragement and that it will just give you some insight into your life, into your circumstances. Now at the end, we're going to pray. I really want to pray now. I really want to pray now. Let's just pray now in Jesus name. I thank you so much for this day, Lord. I thank you for your power and for your grace for your love, O oh God, for your forgiveness, for your mercy. I thank you, O oh God, that you take our sins and you put them in the sea of forgetfulness, O oh God. And when you make us new, Lord God, you forget about all the areas where we have wronged you, where we have went against your word, and you use the consequences of it all, Lord God, to shape us and to mold us and to help us be better Christians, better mothers, better believers. Lord, and I thank you for that, for, for that power. I thank you for that grace that you have bestowed upon us, Lord. And I pray that your perfect, perfect will and plan will be accomplished in this video. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. So y'all today I was talking to my therapist and I was telling him how since I've been doing this introspective work that I've been focusing on the areas of pride that God has revealed to me that I had in my life. And y'all, I believe I've talked about this in other videos, so I won't get too in depth with it. But a lot of my pride was kind of based in the image that I was portraying as it relates to certain things in my life. And I wanted, even though things weren't good and healthy, I didn't want it to, I didn't want others to know. So I was just kind of like patching things up and like trying to fix things and overcompensate for the areas that just were not good and because of that I thought that I was doing a good thing but what God revealed to me was really it was rooted in pride because pride says that you have to appear a certain way even if things aren't what you are portraying them to be and there that is a form of idolatry too you're you're idolizing an image more than you are the reality so was talking through that y'all I thought I had a good thing going okay and he basically said so basically you were judging yourself harshly judging myself harshly like I didn't say that but essentially he took what I was saying in the long form and summed it up and when he said that y'all it was like straight to my heart because that is what I have been doing. And it's crazy because my friends tell me all the time that I'm very understanding. And I always seek to understand why people do certain things instead of just chunking it up to that's their behavior, that's their character. I'm always trying to, to, to make light of it or make an excuse for it in, so, in many ways. But anyway... He said that basically I'm more, and I keep saying basically, but he said that I'm more prone to give more grace and mercy to others than I am myself. And 
I want to pause right there because I want whoever's watching this video to do a tally over your life. Just do a quick examination, right? Are there some areas in your life where you feel as though you have been more gracious to others than you have been to yourself? If you've made a mistake, if you've done some things that you regret, if you have walked through some experiences where you look back and wish you would have never even made the decision to begin with, but now you're here and instead of giving yourself grace, are you being really harsh and judgmental towards yourself? If so, today the Lord wants you to be free, okay? The Bible says that he who the Son sets free, he who the Son makes free, is free indeed. God wants you to be free. And sometimes when we are journaling through the things that we're experiencing internally, we don't have language for what what it is that we're experiencing. All we have is the emotion of it, and we're trying to put words to our emotion, but to our emotions. But thank God for outsiders or people who are able to take in what we're saying and sum it up and make it simple. And so I have been severely harsh towards myself. And I believe a lot of that comes from my upbringing, comes not more so in my household, but more so in the faith, in the denomination that I grew up in. I was telling him that when I was younger, I wasn't thinking about like my future. I was just trying to keep from going to hell. So I was just trying to make decisions up until I decided to walk away to not go to hell and I didn't realize that God wasn't putting this stern restriction on me to to take me down a path of fearing him in a way that I was scared to make a decision but he just simply wanted reverence and when you reverence someone there's naturally going to be a fear there but that fear is going to be healthy and it's going to be you looking at the boundaries of what you are and what you can do and not stepping outside of that and it's just as simple as that being a believer isn't as hard as people have made it out to be actually the bible says the way of a transgressor is hard so when you are a believer it's not as hard as you make it out to be it is simply looking at the bounds that is in scripture and and asking god through the power of the holy ghost to help you not step outside of it that's it and he said something that was so practical yet was that was so good he said it's just as easy to do the wrong thing as it is to do the right thing but we put so much emphasis on, oh, we got to do the right thing when it's like it's balanced. And obviously temptation is always there. We have a real enemy. We, we Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. So we acknowledge that. But I think we have put way too much pressure on ourselves as well as giving the enemy way too many, um, way too many, way too much of our time right as it relates to praying against the enemy and all these things another thing that I learned is that I thought that I was a perfectionist because I wanted everything to be right within me like I wanted to make sure that everything was right but what he was telling me is that perfectionism does to some degree have something to do with the way in which you try to do things right but it has a lot to do with the the control that you try to have on the outside and most times you see that played out in your relationships in your business and all of that because you're trying your best to make sure that everything is in its place so that you don't fail or so that you don't have to experience the the failure or the heartbreak and all of that. And I was telling him, if I can be 
honest with y'all, if I can be really honest with y'all, that I have not, I don't think that I have fully given myself to anything since my daughter passed away. I, I don't think I have. Not, not fully, like, loved, fully committed. Like, I've, I don't think that I have. And... I was telling him that I've been trying my best to, to do that, to like surrender that part to God, but it's just been so hard. And I believe it's because I have experienced unexpected circumstances back to back to back. And I never really was able to fully recover. And it took years like this year for me to actually look back and realize like, wow, not only did you go through a lot, but you lost a lot. And a lot of what you lost was in your time, too. Like, merely you living in the past. You replaying all of these events and, and hoping that you can go back and, and make different choices. Like, that steals your time, right? And and just not enjoying life. Not following through with the things that you do enjoy doing. And all of those things rob us of our time. And I believe the enemy knows that. And I say this all the time. The enemy is strategic and he is intentional about placing people and circumstances in our life to trip us up. Because he knows that if he can hit us with one dagger, with one hard thing, with one really difficult, challenging blow, that we're going to fall to our knees or or fall to our face and it's going to be really hard for us to get back up and actually be who God wants us to be but that's where the power of the Holy Ghost comes in at and God doesn't want us trying to control every single facet of our life that is what he is our father for that is what he's there for but what he wants us to do is to follow through with what he lays on our heart to do stick with his word stay in the bounds of that and just live and be free and to trust him so I'm learning that perfectionism really isn't all of me trying to be showing up perfect for y'all or for my children or for my relationships, but it's me trying to control those things that I really cannot control. And God doesn't want that for us. So another thing that I talked about was how I can over-spiritualize things. Like sometimes I can see a thing or encounter a thing and it just be what I encountered. But instead I go all the way into the deep ocean trying to spiritualize well this happened because of this and this happened and trying to connect all these dots and most times that just brings on another level of confusion god does not want you over spiritualizing your life we are spirit beings but a lot of life like going to the grocery store is just simply that go to the grocery store shop make good decisions make good decisions in life and don't get so caught up in making the wrong decision another thing that i learned is that I was telling him how my ex-husband always tell me that I live in a bubble. He still tells me that to this day. And I was like, can you give me some examples of what it looks like to not live in a bubble? Because I'm really trying not to live in that bubble that he says I live in when it comes to making decisions and dealing with our children and like all of the things, dealing in relationships and all the things, right? And so essentially what he said to me is that, he believes the bubble that he is describing is a, is me avoiding things. 
So it's like, I'll know something is wrong. Like something is wrong. A conversation needs to be had. And instead of me confronting that because it's hard and it's going to require something out of me that I just don't want to have to do. I will avoid it. And me living in the bubble looks like me not dealing with it and just saying, okay, well, things will get better. Things will get better. I'm trusting God. I'm praying. Things will get better. But things hardly ever get better. They just keep persisting on. And so if you are a person that avoids things, and I'm not saying be quick to jump into a confrontation because God does not want that either. The Bible says, follow peace with all men. So God wants us following peace. But if you are in a situation and you know you need to have a hard conversation, pray and ask God about it. Like ask God to go before you talk to God about the situation, about the person, about the circumstances, but then deal with it. Like don't keep living in this bubble of everything will correct itself because it doesn't. Unless God told you to wait, unless God told you don't speak on it or don't say anything, then you want to not just live in this place of just trying to avoid hard things because God has given us the tools. He's given us his word. He's given us his power. He's given us prayer to navigate through those things. So we want to do that in a healthy and God fearing way. And so, yeah, we want to do that. And I'm kind of looking at my notes because I want to make sure that I cover everything. And one final thing that I'd like to share with you guys as it relates to that love thing that I shared with y'all is that he asked me, do I believe if I can go back in time, is there anything that I would change in how I loved Bailey? You guys know I just celebrated eight years of her passing. It was like her the anniversary to her death. And when he said that, that was another good punch. Because I started thinking like, no, I was there for her. Like I was with her. Like all the things. I was naming all the good things. But that's not what he was getting at. What he was getting at is this, is that. I had to risk loving her wholeheartedly and also risk experiencing the great pain that it would that I would experience when she passed away. And if she was worthy of that pain, then I have to trust that my future relationships, my children now, my family is worthy of that same love and dedication and that same commitment. And I want to leave you guys with this. If you have been trying to resist fully giving yourself to God because you're afraid that he's going to disappoint you again or allow something in your life that is hard that you don't want to have to encounter or deal with so instead of surrendering you've just been giving him parts of you and parts of your life but that those huge things you've not really wanted to surrender to him because you've been afraid that you're gonna hurt I want to ask you this is God worth it like is his is the relationship that he's promising to give you of peace and love and comfort and hope is it worth you possibly experiencing more, some more heartache because what life won't promise us is a life of comfort and ease we're gonna experience those things and I especially need to hear that as it relates to marriage and relationships I never want to feel that again like I never want to go through a breakup again that's where I'm at but 
Is it worth me staying in that place where I never want to experience it again? That I'm unwilling to risk surrendering my life to God and trusting that he may, that he will give me a good love story or give me fulfillment in my life or fulfill the dreams that he's placed in my heart. Like, don't I want to be vulnerable enough to trust God? And sometimes the very walls that we've built up to keep people out is keeping God out. It's keeping God's love from flowing in our hearts and in our minds. And God wants to give us that. So if you are in a place in your life where you are struggling with perfectionism, where you're judging yourself, where you are over-spiritualizing things, where you are living in a bubble and you're trying to avoid hard things, then I want to encourage you to surrender to God. Surrender those areas to God. God sees and knows and God wants to help you. He loves you and he's faithful and he's trustworthy. And the Bible says that man born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. We're going to have a lot of trouble, but we can have a fullness. We can have fullness of joy in Christ. And that does not negate the pain. But are you willing to surrender yourself to feel that again? And I'm learning that. The greatest sacrifice we can give is love. And we see that on the cross. What God gave us his only begotten son. So let's work on sacrificing love for the hope that God will in return reward us for it. And I think the problem has been we've looked for people to reward us for the love that we've given out. And that's the wrong measuring stick. We want to trust God to give it back to us. And that does not mean that you love to stay in a toxic and ungodly situation. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I am saying is that once you commit yourself to God, you can trust that he will guard you and protect you. And he will tell you when to put those guards up and when to lay them down and who to trust and who not to trust. He will open up your eyes. That's what discernment and wisdom does. That's what his word does. And the more you pour into his word, the more you pray, the more sensitive to you are to people and their motives. And you have to trust that. And don't do, don't make the mistake that I did living in this bubble of things will get better instead of confronting things. I think a lot of my problems persisted way longer than they needed to because I was unwilling to to face what I needed to face. I will leave you guys with this Bible verse today that I've been reading and studying it on. I've been reading Ecclesiastes 3, but this verse, this verse from Job that says, But none said, Where is God my maker who giveth songs in the night? And maybe you've been in a night season where you have been struggling with all the things that I just described to you. All of the areas where I have struggled and it just feels as though there's no way you can get up beyond this. I want to let you know that there's hope for you today. There's hope in Christ and what Christ did for you and he loves you and he is faithful. You guys be encouraged.